Bismillah. Shall we start? What do you guys think? Begin? Bismillah. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ala Sayyidina Muhammad. Ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. I must say before I begin that I'm feeling exceptionally grateful for all of you today. Alhamdulillah. What a blessing to be able to come and sit together and read the words of these amazing people in our tradition and be inspired by them. Alhamdulillah. What a blessing. Okay, Bismillah. قال المصنف رحمه الله تعالى ونفر الله بياهم بعلومي في الدولين أمين. We left off on this statement. Anyone remember by any chance? Anyone remember by any chance without looking at your notes what the statement we left off on was? No? Nobody? No takers? Sheikh? Uh, ultimate Sheikh test. <laughs> it's very difficult to remember. Huh? Have? Yeah, you're on, you're very, yeah, you got it, basically. Uh, I think so. I couldn't hear you 100%, but I think you got it. Uh, he said, Rahimahullah ta'ana wa nafanallahu yahu bi'udumi fi darin ameen wa aathir al-sidqa fi kulli mawtin taghnam. This is where we left off from. Wa aathir al-sidqa fi kulli mawtin taghnam. Wa aatazin fudula taslam. فَإِنَّ الصِّدْقَ يَهْدِي إِلَى الْبِرِّ وَالْبِرَّ يَهْدِي إِلَى رِضَى اللَّهِ تَعَالَى وَالْكَذِبَ يَهْدِي إِلَى الْفُجُورِ وَالْفُجُورَ يُورِثُ سَخَطُ اللَّهِ Bismillah. So one of the challenges, he says, آثِرِ الصِّدْقَ فِي كُلِّ مَوْتٍ تَغْنَمْ He said, prefer, remember we talked about the meaning of the word ithar? Anyone remember? What was the definition of ithar? Testing you, you guys aren't used to that. Testing you. What was the definition of ethar? Anyone? Hmm? Yeah, like you you have something and you need it and somebody else needs it and you give it to them instead of giving it to yourself. Okay, so all these pieces are important. Not only do I have it, but I have to actually have a need for it. And even though I have a need for it, I prefer someone else over myself. This is ethar. So he says, Athar is sidqa. He says, so do ithar with a sidq in every situation and you will obtain the spoils, like the, the, the benefits of that. Like the spoils of war. Taghnam is usually the ghanima, the spoils of war. Maybe there's an indication in that too, that this is a, it requires a little bit of a war. Right? Sidq is to be truly honest, fully honest and true. Being fully honest and true sometimes is really difficult. Really difficult. Sometimes it's really painful. Sometimes we don't look at the things that are right in front of us because it's easier to just not accept it as being true. So we just let it go. You know, it's easier. I'm used to it this way. I don't. I don't want to change it. I don't want to make a decision on this. But sidq is really tough. And then we talked about the definition of uh, one of the definitions of the spiritual path. Actually, it's the definition that's attributed to. Sayyidina Shaykh Abdul Qadir Jilani radiallahu ta'ala anhu that it is a sidqu ma'al haqq wa husn khuliqi ma'al khalq that it is to have sidq to be absolutely true with the true with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to have good character with people so he says make this ithar of sidq 
It's a word that really, we, there's a lot of words really we shouldn't translate them because it just kind of, we just need to learn them. Sidq is like one of those words, we need to get a feel for it. And then we just know what it is, you know. So we need to make ithar of sidq. In every situation, you will gain the spoils of that battle. Because it will require a battle. Technically, we covered this last time. And now that I'm saying it again, I kind of feel like we should just end the lesson at that. I'm like, have dinner. Call it a night. <laughs> After a sidq fi kulli mawtin taghlan. What a powerful, powerful statement. Mamun al-Hasbi. Like the whole book is uh, statements like this, you know. Wa'atazin fudula taslam. Remember we talked about this guy. We left off on this. Wa'atazin fudula taslam. And fudul is it comes from the same word as fadl. You know the word like the fadl of Allah. What is the fadl? Fadl is the amount that's left over. It's like if you were filling the cup. And you kept filling it and you're filling it and then eventually it spills over the top. This is the fadl. That's why even sometimes it's used for like uh, other meanings. Maybe that's like, you know, if you can imagine the stuff in your body that would come out after it's taken what it needs and there's some other stuff that comes out. Sometimes it's used for this too. Uh, even though there's not like you would think like what's the connection? This, the, that's what the connection is because the extra stuff. So when we say that everything is from the fadl of Allah. Because all it, because every anything that Allah gives us, it's already extra, <laughs> right? Like it's already extra in the first place. He didn't have to give us anything, so anything that He gave us is fadl, right? In this context, fudul and kalam, fudul is that speech that's extra. So the understanding would be that there's a level of speech that's necessary. I have to say this thing. I need to say this thing. I'm required to say this thing, I should say this thing, whatever else it might be, in any number of circumstances. And then there's speech that I really just said, it's extra now. SubhanAllah. Some people are really good about this. They're amazing people. They really only say what needs to get said. You know, so he says, وَعْتَزَنْ fudula taslam." Stay away from these extra things, and you will be safe. You will be safe. Because what happens when, when we talk about when we open the door to talking too much about things that we really don't have to talk about, we end up eventually, we take it too far. He says, how do you maintain that safety is to just stay away from that. And then we had the story of this person who said, uh, where is his name? Rabah ibn Yazid al-Lakhmi. He was a righteous person. He was a person of great spiritual exertions and elevated character. And he would be like, It's an interesting uh, expression, by the way. How do you say that in English? We must have a statement for that because it's a really good one. It's like, you know, when, huh? Make an example. No, it's like, Yudrabu bin Methan is like, say for example, for example, like, you know, when you think of some idea, you think of that person. Like you want to explain to someone, what does it mean to be steadfast? You tell them, oh, it's like so-and-so. There, huh? Yeah, like, what does it mean to be courageous? It's like so-and-so. 
What does it mean to be caring? So, so and so. You just you want to know what it means to be caring? Look at so and so. You will be in method in this issue. That's how you know what it means. I don't know. There has to be some expression for this in English. Usually, when there's something that's really deeply connected to human existence and human experience, then the expression is shared. I'm, I'm sure other languages probably have similar uh, expression for it. But anyways, uh, he was one of those people that you, you look at him and he was like exemplary. Literally, it's exemplary, right? Um, anyways, he said the following. He died in the year 172 after Hijra at the, at the age of 38. The age of 38. He said, Ruddu nafsi ala tarkin ma'athimi hawlan thumma hawlan fadabadduha. Waruddu lisani ala tarki mala ya'nini fabada khamsa ashrata sanatan dabadduha. Dabadduha. He said, I, I gave, I did, ex I exercised myself. This is the term they use in spirituality. I did riyadu to nafs. It's like I put myself through this training. I put myself through this training. And I left sin. I did it year after year, and I was able to leave sin. And I, I fixed myself. He says, then I started to do this for my tongue, to leave what doesn't concern me. You know, to stop talking about things that don't concern me. He's like, so after 15 years, I got it under control. <laughs> the battu. After 15 years, I got it under control. <laughs> it's very, uh, it's important to remember these things, you know. These were like great people. It took them 15 years. And speech is like that. You know, speech, subhanAllah, from the time that I, I became a Muslim and I found the chapters in the books of spirituality on the importance of controlling your speech and stuff like that, from the time that I found them, I was like, man, subhanAllah, this is so beautiful. It's so amazing. I really need to control my speech. And up to today, I still haven't done it. It's 20 years. So 20 years more than 15. He's like 15 years, he fixed it. MashaAllah. Still, for me, like every gathering I go in, I'm like, man, you shouldn't have said that. Why did you say that thing? Two minutes in, sometimes like, you shouldn't have said that. Already in this lesson, I'm like, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> you know? That's not the way I should have said it. I should have said it differently. So, 15 years, he says, I fixed it. Then Abu Uthman Sa'id ibn Muhammad al-Haddad, he said, إِنَّهُ لَيَغْلِبُ عَلَى He says, to me, it seems like this must have been from the time that he hit maturity, he was working on this, because he died when he was 38. So like, he spent basically his whole adult life trying to fix his speech. He got it. Imam al-Shafi'i radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he said, Arba'atun tazidu fil aqli tark al-fuduli min al-kalami wa-siwak wa mujalasatu al-saniheen wa mujalasatu al-ulama. Imam al-Shafi'i, he said, four things, they increase a person in their intelligence. Number one is to leave excess speech. And number two is to use the siwak. The stick you clean your mouth with. Number three is to spend time in the company of righteous people, and number four is to spend company, uh, spend time in the company of the scholars. <coughs> Subhanallah, this is the benefit of spending time in the company of the righteous scholars. You get all of them in one. <laughs> you get all of them in one. Subhanallah. And he said, because Sidq leads to piety. And piety leads to the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And lying, because they say that this deceitfulness or untruthfulness, lying, is the opposite of Sidq. So Kedib is the opposite of Sidq. So Kedib to be not uh, truthful 
it leads to corruption and corruption gives birth to the anger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the footnote here he says something beautiful about uh, that the sidq leads to piety bir, leads to pir and then it leads of course to righteous deeds um, and then someone said سَمَعْتُ مَالِكِ بِنْ دِنَارِ يَقُولَ الصِّدْقُ وَالْكَذِبْ يَعْتَرِكَانِ فِي الْقَلْبِ حَتَّى يُخْرِجُ يُخْرِجَ أَحَدُهُمَا صَاحِبَهُ وَإِنَّ الصِّدْقَ يَبْدُو ضَعِيفًا كَمَا يَبْدُو نَبَاتُ النَّخْلَةِ يَبْدُو غُصْنًا وَاحِدًا فَإِذَا شَقَّهَا صَبِي ذَهَبَ أَصْلُهَا وَإِنْ أَكَلَتْهَا عَنْزٌ ذَهَبَ أَصْلُهَا فَتُسْقَى وَتُسْقَى فَتَنْتَشِرْ حَتَّى يَكُونَ لَهَا أَصْلٌ أَصِيلٌ يُوْطَقْ وَالذِّلٌ يُسْتَظَلُّ بِهِ وَثَمْرَةٌ يُؤْكَلُ مِنْهَا كَذَلِكَ الصِّدْقِ يَبْدُو فِي الْقَلْبِ ضَعِيفًا فَيَتَفَقَّدَهُ صَاحِبُهُ يَزِيرُهُ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى وَيَتَفَقَّدَهُ صَاحِبُهُ فَيَزِيرُهُ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى حَتَّى يَجْعَلَهُ اللَّهُ بَرَكَةً عَلَى نَفْسِهِ وَيَكُونُ كَلَامُهُ دَوَاءً Wow, what a statement, subhanAllah. So this is a statement of Malik ibn Dinar. Malik ibn Dinar, he said, pay attention to this one carefully, because it gives you a whole platform. He said, this truthfulness and this lying, they are at battle with one another in the heart. Ya'tarikan, literally they're in ma'raka. They're in a battle against with each other in the heart. Uh... Until one of them pushes the other one out. Until one of them pushes the other one out. One of them's going to win in the end. They're in a battle, one of them's going to win. They're going to kick the other one out. And then he says, uh, the sidq, initially it appears weak, and it appears small. Just like the first like uh, growth of a palm tree. Palm tree first sprouts, seems really small, right? And when it's in that stage, uh, if someone was, to, like if a child comes and tears at it, it's going to break its roots. If some animal comes and eats at it, it's going to break its roots. It's going to, the tree won't actually come to its fruition, right? He said, but when you water it, then it starts to grow more. And you water it and it starts to grow more. Until the point where it becomes really well-founded. To the point that you could step on it and it's not going to affect it. And it gives shade then to everything that's around it. And then it gives fruit that everyone is able to eat. But it has to reach that level of maturity. When it reaches that level of maturity, then it's strong like that. Right? But in the beginning, it doesn't look like that. And this is one of the things that's really, really important for us to think about in everything that relates to our spiritual development. Is that the way things are in the end is not the way they are in the beginning. In the beginning, they seem really small. It's like just, but the smallest of seeds in the beginning... If it's watered and it's cared for and it's nurtured and everything else, then over time it becomes very strong. And it becomes stronger and stronger. But you can't be rushed. You know? It's like even, even you think about, uh, you to, sometimes you go to the store and you buy like one of those fruit trees, right? That's in a pot. And you put it in the ground. And if it gives you any fruit the first year, it's not going to give you much. And then it doesn't give you anything. And they're like, what happened? Did I kill it? You didn't do anything, actually. What happened was that the tree was there, but the roots weren't really there. They were in that little pot. Right? When you put them in the ground, they have to get established in the ground. 
So whatever was left from like the success that it had in the pot, give you a little bit. But it has to actually get into the ground. And then after it's firmly established, then it starts to give you fruit. Right? Our, 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 our character traits have to get firmly established. Our relationship with Allah has to be firmly established, has to be watered, has to be cared for. This is why one of the big fitnas of like modern spirituality is everything online. You know? That like we experience something, we put it online. I'm not trying to call anyone out. Really, I'm not. Uh, but like, even for people who are studying, like I notice this now for people who are studying Islamic studies and stuff, it's a huge fitna. They've been studying for like one year or two years. They're online all the time, posting this thing and posting that thing and posting this thing. And like, that's not the way it's supposed to be. Like you're supposed to sit in silence. I'll tell you a story about Sheikh Fuad. He went away. Sheikh Fuad, when I first met Sheikh Fuad, this is I'm Ghabi. You know, and most of you know me well enough to know that I'm Ghabi. I'm stupid. So Sheikh Fuad, I didn't know him well. But we talked and like, you know, we had some conversation. Had some conversation. And then I didn't have knowledge in Aqidah. I didn't know he was a specialist in Aqidah. Sheikh Hamza Maqbul was coming to teach Aqidah Tahawiyah at Garden Grove Masjid. I was like, you know what? I told him, I'm going to go to this thing. You want to come with me? He said, yeah, sure. We went together, sat the whole weekend, listened to the whole lecture on Aqidah Tahawiyah. All this time passed. He didn't say anything. Time passed. Time, months, 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 months. Relationship passed. And I realized he's a specialist in Aqidah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> kind of said on the first day, like, actually, you know, this is my specialization. I don't really need to go to the Tahawiyah. You know, I've, I've kind of studied that like many times, probably. Like, it's not really anything to be studied further. Like, you know, you don't have to do any of that. But it's like, you, it doesn't have to be out there all the time. Stuff for Allah. Alhamdulillah. I don't even know what I'm saying right now. So, Sidq, it starts and then you water it and it grows and it grows and it grows. And then he said, What? He said, the example of the palm tree is the example of Sidq in the heart. In the beginning it's weak. But then the person, they're looking for it. Tafaqadu is like there's an act. I'm making an effort to look for that Sidq inside of myself. I'm looking for it. And I want to feed it. And I want to nurture it. And I want it to grow. So I'm looking for it, right? He says then the person is looking for it inside of themselves. And because of that, and look at the Arabic language, subhanAllah. Fayazidahumah. So because they were making that effort, Allah increases the sidq in their heart. It's not that they did it, it's that Allah did it. Because of the effort they were making, then Allah increased the sidq in their heart. And then that happens, and it happens, and it happens, until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes that a blessing upon the person himself. That that sidq then becomes a blessing for the person. Barakatan ala kalamuhu dawa'in. This is so beautiful. And he says, وَيَكُنُوا كَلَامُهُ dawa'in then khatiin. And then at that point, that person's speech becomes a medicine for those who are making mistakes. Amazing statement. Imagine. Amazing statement. You know? Then that person's speech becomes a medicine for those who are making mistakes. Why? Because of the sincerity that's in their heart, the honesty that's in their heart, then it heals other people. SubhanAllah. I could think of people like this, but I won't say it. I already embarrassed one person, that's enough for a day. I guess I had to keep saying things I shouldn't say. <coughs> Stop.
Then he would say, Jafar, the person who is narrating this, he said, Thumma Yaqul ibn Dinar, the one who said these things. Thumma Yaqul ibn Dinar, He would say, and after he would say all of that, he would say, Have you not seen them? He said, Have you not seen them? Thumma Yarjur ila nafsihi fa Yaqul, Bala wallahi laqad ra'inahum. Then he would turn to himself and he would say, Oh, by Allah, we've seen them. The people who are like this, you know? He said, Oh, by Allah, we've seen them. And then he said, Al Hassan al Basri, Wa Sa'id bin Jubair, Wa Ishbahum, A Rajalu minhu, Yuhiyallahum bi kalamihi, and Fi'am, A al Jama'at min al Nas. Ajib, Shayajib, Subhanallah. So he would say this, and then he would say, he would say, Have you, have you, haven't you seen them? Haven't you seen them? And he said, By Allah, we've seen them. And he said, Hassan al-Basri and Sa'id ibn Jubair, and people like them, a single person of them, Allah would bring back to life, by their speech, groups and groups of people. By their speech, Allah would bring back groups and groups of people back to life. SubhanAllah. SubhanAllah. Allahumma akrimna bi sahbatihim ya Rabb Allahumma akrimna bi sahbatihim Allah give us their company And Muhasibi continues He says وَقَالَ عَبْدُ اللَّهِ بِنْ عَبَاسِ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمَا لَا تَتَكَلَّمْ فِي مَا لَا يَعْنِيكَ وَدَعَ كَثِيرٍ مِمَّا يَعْنِيكَ وَلَا تُمَارِسَ فِيهًا وَلَا حَلِيمًا وَاذْكُرْ أَخَاكَ بِمَا تُحِبُّ أَنْ يَذْكُرَكَ بِهِ Actually, he continues. Um, it's the longest. That's all him. um, Abdullah bin Abbas radiallahu anhumah he said don't speak about something that's not your business and leave a lot of things that you are concerned about <laughs> don't talk about things that aren't your concern and leave a lot of things that are your concern you know subhanallah a lot of things can be our concern but we don't necessarily have to talk about them this is a, a lost uh, a lost quality for example, actually maybe I won't use that one because that will put some people on the spot. I think I have a different one. Maybe, maybe you go to eat somewhere. This one's a little bit complicated because you paid for it, so you might feel differently about it, okay? but. In theory, maybe you go somewhere and you order food, right? And the food comes, and it's okay, but it's not really what you were expecting. So, is this actually your concern? It kind of is. Like, it's your food. You ordered it. It's your concern. 
right? But it also doesn't really matter that much. So you just don't talk about it. Like you could, you, in your head, you might be like, huh, this isn't so good as it usually is. And then, oh, that fell. It's okay, we'll use the other one. It's okay, it's okay, just forget it. It's no problem. Uh, oh, okay. Then we'll go back. Thank you. Oh, it's like, is it doing that itself? Oh, it kind of stabilizes itself. Interesting. Because it, it was there and then it kind of moved. Um, this is a perfect example, actually. It's a perfect example. It, I didn't need to say anything. Perfect example. I didn't need to say anything. I could have just really easily gone down here, changed the camera to the one on the laptop. Nothing needed to be said. Perfect example. Khalas, kifaya. It's understandable now. Alhamdulillah. Perfect example. Does it matter to me? It does matter. I mean, I guess at some level. We care about the recording. <laughs> we don't really, but at some level, we, the, the recording matters to us. Um, but it doesn't really matter at the same time. He says, <laughs> Don't argue with someone who's ignorant, and don't argue with someone who's... Um, what's the word they usually use for that? Forbearing. Someone, who's, someone who has like a lot of patience, don't argue with them. And someone who is really ignorant, don't argue with them. Both of them you lose. <laughs> if you argue with someone who's really ignorant, you lose automatically. You know, they're just going to take things farther than you're going to take them. And uh, if you argue with, say, no, Omar, did you see your dinosaur here? Is that yours? Right here behind the computer, this one. Are you looking for that guy? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> It's a perfect response. It's perfect. <laughs> oh man, this is bad. I'm too comfortable just being here in the breaking of the heat. This is bad. This is when you start saying things you shouldn't say. Don't argue with someone who's ignorant. Don't argue with someone who's very patient. Both of them you're gonna lose. Right? That's his point. Uh, And mention your brother in a way that you would want to be mentioned. Then he says, act with the actions of a person who knows that they will be rewarded with excellence. And that they will be taken to account with punishment. Act like a person who knows that whatever they do that's rewardable, they will be rewarded with excellence. The best of ways from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that they will be held accountable, they will be accounted for uh, with ijram, you know, they will be held accountable for that. He said, وَأَدِمْ شُكْرُ اللَّهِ وَقْصُرْ مِنْ أَمَلِكِ He said, and be grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's interesting that he mentioned both of these together. Be, be consistent in your gratitude to Allah and shorten your hopes. Oftentimes people when they hear this in English, they don't understand it. You know, uh, shorten your hopes. So the idea is that they say in the books of spirituality that to have long hopes is one of the diseases of the heart. This doesn't mean that you're not planning for something, but it just means that like, I have this thing in the future 
that I'm always longing for that's just not reality. And so they said, like, make your hopes more, you know, attainable. Have, like, two-year goals rather than ten-year goals. You can have ten-year goals, but don't look at them the same way. The two-year goals, you look at them like, okay, I can actively break them down to the smaller ones and then focus on the smaller ones. Uh, it says, And go to graves, visit the graves with the presence of heart. Go to graves with the presence of heart. That will remind you of death. وَجُلْفِ الْحَشْرِ بِقَلْبِكَ And um, This could be said to mean like Basically It's saying like Take the idea Of al-hashr Al-hashr is when we're uh, All brought together on the plains On the day of judgment, right? So everyone is resurrected We're on the day of judgment together he says, Jul fil hashri biqalbik. Which means, imagine that you're on the day of judgment and travel around that in your heart. So there's like this, I think they use a term for this in, uh, in, in therapy and stuff. Anyone, uh, where are our resident therapists and mental health people? There's a term for this, they use a term for it. Uh, maybe? maybe? Visualization? Yeah, like you're supposed to. You visualize certain things, and like you can walk through the whole experience. So, for us, I think for us it's really hard now because all of our brains and our hearts are destroyed by technology and images. So, like we're, it's like it's very difficult for us because we're so overpowered by image. It's a different angle on tahrimus tasweer, by the way. <laughs> you know, on the idea that sur, like uh, images are haram. It's a different angle on it. Like what it does to us is very fascinating. If you think about, it, you know, like think about when when you had children that didn't really do television, and they have incredible imaginations, right? Can imagine all kinds of things, or imagine like someone who every single night, just take two people, one person every single night, they turn on a TV, and they just kind of like watch it, right? And they consume some sort of image. I'm not hating on anyone, by the way. I watch TV, in case you're wondering. Uh, you know, I watch movies, I watch TV, I, I do all these things too. So, but you take the, take the difference. There is one person watch these images and they're taking them in all the time. The other person, maybe they sit with their family every night and they tell stories. They talk about this and they talk about that or they read from a book, right? The, the one who's not overwhelmed with these images all the time, their imagization, right? Their ability to come up and see images in their own head is going to be far more vivid. It's going to be far more vivid. And it's going to be to the point where they can actually conjure it up in their head and experience it. Some people may have this, you know. You probably have this with like some major experiences, good or bad, in your life. Like for me, there's times when stuff will happen and I literally find myself on a corner in Egypt. Like something will happen and I'm like, oh, I'm like transported in front of the bookstore. Or I'm like on the corner of Azhar. Or I'm like fighting with the taxi driver Or like whatever else in my, like, There's things that happen that like, I can see It's like almost like I can taste it you know? So there's a visualization to it So he's saying Take your heart In your heart 
imagine the day of judgment and walk around in it. And think like, okay, this is going to be like this, and this is going to be like that, and so on and so forth. He says in the footnote, إِنَّهُ أَمْرٌ لَيْسَ بِالْهَيَّنْ إِنَّهُ أَمْرٌ تَنْصَدِعُ عِنْدُهُ كَثِيرٌ مِنْ الْقُلُوبِ إِذَا صَاحَبَ التَّفْكِيرَ فِي الْيَقْضَةِ التَّامَّةِ وَقَدْ وَقَعَ ذَلِكَ فِي السَّنَفِينَ غَيْرِ وَاحِدٍ He said, this is, a situ- this is an idea that's not a light one. It's not a light idea, and it's not an easy idea. He said, and it's an idea, this visualization, that has ruptured, maybe, I don't want to say broken, but like ruptured the hearts of many righteous people, if it's accompanied by true contemplation and reflection and full focus. They actually sit down and they do this as an exercise. You know? I'm going to sit down by myself, I'm not going to be interrupted, and I'm going to go through this exercise. And I'm going to really visualize it as best that I can. Right? And he said, and this is something that had a major impact on a lot of righteous people throughout history. Sometimes deprivation is necessary in order to get to uh, actualization. Right? So, like, fasting is a good example, right? So fasting, there's a deprivation in fasting. And that deprivation allows us to experience things that we wouldn't be able to experience otherwise. So, uh, so alhamdulillah, human being, the, the human being is very flexible. We can, if we feel like we can't focus on anything, and we can't, like, imagine anything or something like that, then we just take all of that stuff out of our lives for a period of time, it will come. Alhamdulillah, the human being is amazing like that. Um, some people probably experience this with sugar. Anyone tried to cut sugar out of their life? What happens when you cut sugar out of your life? Everything tastes bad initially, right? And then what happens? Then it comes back. Then you get actual sweetness, and you're like, oh, that's what sweetness actually is. You know, this other thing that I had, this was fake. Now I get the real thing. So, alhamdulillah, the human being is like that, subhanAllah. It's a great gift from Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's a beautiful statement here. It says, Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu anhu, anhu kana idha dakhla ala Abdullah bin Mas'ud, yaqulu lahu, someone else is saying this, sorry. Tabi'in jaleel, Rabi'a ibn Khuthayn. Tilmidh al-Sahabi al-Jaleel Abdullah bin Mas'ud. So this person, Rabia, he's the student of Abdullah bin Mas'ud. And when he would enter in, into the, in, like he would come to Abdullah. <laughs> SubhanAllah, can you imagine someone saying this to you? Look what Abdullah would say to him. A student-teacher relationship, you know. He would come and enter upon him. Abdullah bin Mas'ud would say to him, Wallahi, lo ra'aka Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam la'ahabak. His statement. He said, Wallahi, if the Prophet would have seen you, he would have loved you. Can you imagine? Like, <laughs> and you're hearing it from Ibn Mas'ud. Like, Ibn Mas'ud knows the Prophet. And he's your teacher. And he says, Wallahi, if the Prophet would have saw you, he would have loved you. And then he said, He said, Every time I see you, I think of Al Mukhbitin. Uh, and I think about the verse where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Kana idha ra'ahu qara'a, sometimes he would say, when he sees him, he would say, وَبَشِّرِ الْمُخْبِتِينَ أَيْنْ خَاشِعِينَ He would see him, and he would recite, he would see him, Abdullah bin Mas'ud would see him, and he would recite this verse from the Qur'an, give glad tidings to those who are al-mukhbitin, al-khashi'in, like the people who are so present in their relationship with Allah, 
that it like overwhelms them. And it doesn't leave them. And he said, this is how you are. Abdullah bin Masood saying about him. This is how you are. وَقَالَ أَبُوْ ذَرْ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ Is it time to stop yet? No? What time is Maghrib? 25? 7.25, okay. 12 minutes. وَقَالَ أَبُوْ ذَرْ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ اِعْمَنْ كَأَنَّكَ تُرَى وَعِدْ نَفْسَكَ بِالْمَوْتَى وَعْلَمْ أَنَّ الشَّرَّ لَا يُنْسَى وَالْخَيْرَ لَا يَفْنَى وَعْلَمْ أَنَّ قَلِيلًا يُغْنِيكَ خَيْرٌ مِنْ كَثِيرٍ يُطْغِيكَ My dad was over before uh, uh, before I came. I, told, I was reading this to him. وَإِيَّاكَ وَدَعْوَةَ الْمَظْلُومِ I told him, like, look how beautiful this is, you know. وَإِيَّاكَ وَدَعْوَةَ الْمَظْلُومِ So what did Abu Dhar say? Abu Dhar said, Act as if you see. You see, don't you? I see. So what does he mean? What does he mean, act as if you see? Hmm? As if you see, huh? Okay. Hmm. Hmm, something maybe. Think about different. Hadith Jibril. What does Hadith Jibril say in the definition of Ihsan? Worship Allah as if you see Him. كَأَنَّكَ تَرَى فَإِن لَمْ تَكُنْ تَرَى That's one of the ways to read the Hadith, by the way. What is it? وَلَاللَّهِ كَأَنَّكَ تَرَى فَإِن لَمْ تَكُنْ تَرَى فَإِنَّهُ يَرَاكِ is usually how people say it. But sometimes they say, فَإِن لَمْ تَكُنْ تَرَى so worship Allah as if you see Him. And it says, if you do it fully, if you, depending on how you pause, and if you don't see Him, you know He sees you. Right? That's how usually it's translated. The other, if you pause differently in the sentence, it says, worship Allah as if you see Him. And if you cease to exist, you see Him. And He sees you. فَإِن لَمْ تَكُنْ تَرَاهُ If you stop existing, like you get rid of yourself, you see him and he sees you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Went out into outer space for a second. Amazing. It's an amazing uh, concept. Anyways, it says, Amen, ka'annaka tara. Act as if you see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Act as if you see Allah. Wa'ud nafsaka fin mota and consider yourself dead. Like basically know that your death is right there, as if you're dead. And know that bad is not forgotten and good never goes away. That if you do someone wrong, they don't forget it. Allah protect us. And that if you do something good, it's not forgotten. It's permanent. To know that your deeds, they're protected and they're remembered 
by people and by Allah. So do do well, do good deeds, because people will remember that. وَعَلَمَ أَنَّ قَلِيلًا يُغْنِيكَ خَيْرٌ مِنْ كَثِيرٍ يُطْغِيكَ وَإِيَّاكَ وَدَعْوَةَ الْمَظْلُومِ He said, and know, this is a beautiful statement, and know that a little bit that suffices you is better than a lot that overwhelms you. The expression is really interesting. تُغْيَان يُطْغِيكَ it's like, a, it's like oppression almost, or, or overwhelming. You know? Because that's actually what it does. Sometimes I think about, I'm like, man, if I had a really big house, I had to clean it all the time. That'd be like such a distraction. <laughs> you know, like alhamdulillah, we live in California where it's really difficult to have a big house. Because <laughs> you know, it might take so much time to clean if, if we had to clean it. And, or like if I had a lot of things, then I have to think about those things all the time. And if I have a lot of responsibilities, I have to, because whenever there's a lot, then it overwhelms. Right? So he says, know that a little bit that suffices you is better than a lot that overwhelms you. This is such a profound truth, subhanAllah. And anyone who like gets into the business of accumulating things, they know. Because the more you accumulate them, the more you're worried about them. And the more they take over your life, and the more you have, it's just all headache. You know? It's like one thing after the next, after the next, after the next. It always creates more. But if you just have a little bit that suffices, then that little bit that suffices is much better. SubhanAllah. This is true, by the way, in knowledge, too. It's not just in material things. This is true in knowledge. Like a little bit of knowledge that, that's sufficient for you is sometimes better than just a bunch of information that overwhelms you and you can't do anything with it. So just take a little bit. It's, it's good for you. Alhamdulillah. You're good. Yeah. Not all of the most righteous people in history were the biggest scholars. Like some of them were, of course, but not all of them were. There's plenty of righteous people who weren't scholars. Actually, someone who's visiting this weekend posted this thing that, like, Probably some of our people in our community know who these people are. Um, I mean, like by distance, I know. But they seem like you know people in the community. But like something happened to them in, in their life. I don't want to give it away, but something happened to them in their life that was very, very, very difficult and very tragic, right? And they were patient through it, and they prayed through it, and the person saw the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam while he was awake. This is known in Muslim history, by the way. Like this idea that, of course, we see the people see the Prophet when they're in, in their dreams. But some people see the Prophet when they're awake. This is, there's some dispute over it, but it's narrated in many, many biographies. You know? So here in this community in Southern California, there's someone who they went through this very horrible difficulty and trial, and they were patient in it. And he said that he saw the Prophet while he was awake. He wasn't one of the imams. <laughs> this is my point, right? Like, mashallah, you know? Knowledge is not sound knowledge that is sufficient, that's required. Incredible amounts of knowledge that are, you know, it's not required. You could have it, alhamdulillah, inshallah, it's good. We'll stop here. And beware of the prayer of the oppressed. نعوذ بالله من ذلك نعوذ بالله من ذلك نعوذ بالله من ذلك Beware of the prayer of the oppressed Beware of the prayer of the oppressed There's a story that's mentioned in the footnote here that's really striking I'll read it to you and we'll close on it
says, Allahu alam about the authenticity of the story, but there's a little bit of a reason to doubt it, but nonetheless, uh, take the concept. Am I reading the right one right now? Hmm. Okay. I think I'm reading the wrong one. Ah, there it goes. Okay, I'm looking in the wrong place. There's two stories here, actually. Okay, so one of them is a story of... There's the Khalifa, Al-Abbas al-Mahdi. And there was his son, Harun al-Rashid. When his son, Harun al-Rashid, was young, he sent him to Yahya ibn Khalid, who was a great scholar. And he raised him. So when Harun al-Rashid came into power, he gave Yahya power. Right? He put him in a position of authority. He knew him. Put him in a position of authority, everything else. Then he had a conflict with a certain group of people, and this guy Yahya was from that group of people, like that place or whatever. So he put him in jail. He took everything away from him and put him in jail. Okay? So he's in jail, and he's in jail with his son. They're in, like, they, they were in this top position, they were so prominent, everything was great, whatever else, now things changed, now they're in jail. He's in jail with his son. And his son says to him, uh, he said to him, My father, after all of these things and everything that we saw, now is it that fate has taken us to be locked up in chains and imprisoned in this uh, like very simple clothes and, and put behind bars and so on and so forth? His father said to him, Ya Bunay, la'allaha da'watun madloom, sarat bilaylin ghafalna anha. He said, oh my son, maybe it was the prayer of an oppressed person who we weren't paying attention to and Allah was paying attention to. Look at his perspective. Ajeeb, huh? So he said, maybe like all these things, we went through our lives like this and maybe we oppressed someone, they made dua and Allah answered their dua. We didn't think about it, but Allah answered their dua. Allah protect us. It's very scary actually. Um, another story is that uh, there was a ruler uh, and he was like increasing the taxes essentially on the people of Samarkand so he sent someone to deliver the message to them right the ruler sent this person to the people to deliver this message to them that your taxes have been increased we're taking more from you now so on from the people who was there was Abu Mansur al-Maturidi the name sound familiar? Abu Mansur al-Maturidi and Mu'assas al-Madhab al-Maturidiya the great great scholar the Imam of Aqidah you know? he was there so he said to the person who delivered the message he said he said immediately he said you delivered the message of the ruler now take back to him our response so I was like okay he said, He said, Keep oppressing us so that we can pray more in the night. <laughs> like, he said, Go ahead. You want to do this? We're going to pray against you in the night. Keep going. Go ahead. We're going to pray against you more in the night. <laughs> he said, And so the, the man left. And a few days passed, and the ruler was found dead, killed. 
Iyaka wa da'wat al-mudhunun Iyaka wa da'wat al-mudhunun May Allah protect us Allahu sallallahu wa sallam ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sallam wa sallam Allahumma inna nasalika al-huda wa tuqa wa al-afafa wa al-ghina wa mustunna bi satrik al-jameel wa mustunna bi satrik al-jameel Allahumma inna nasalika al-afu wa al-afi wa al-muhafat al-daima fi dini wa dunya wa al-akhira Rabbana atina fi dunya hasanatan wa fi al-akhirati hasanatan wa qina adab al-nar Rabbana la tuzik qunubana ba'da idh hadaytana wa habnana min ladunka rahma indika anta al-wahab Rabbana atina min ladunka rahma wa hiyyatana min amrina rashda nasrun min Allahi wa fathum qariba wa bashir al-mu'minin Allahumma arina al-haqqa haqqa wa zikna tiba'a wa arina al-batina batina wa zikna jdinaba Allahumma zikna husna al-khatima Allahumma zikna husna al-khatima Allahumma arina ala zikrika wa shukrika wa husna ibadatik اللهم يا عالم السر منا لا تهتك الستر عنا وعافنا وعف عنا وكن لنا حيث كنا اللهم ايقظ قلوبنا لك ونبهنا من الغفلة عنك اللهم ايقظ قلوبنا لك ونبهنا من الغفلة عنك اللهم اجعل آخر كلامنا لا إله إلا الله محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم سلم وسلم وبارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله عدد كمال الله بكمال يدك بكمال سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين الحمد لله رب العالمين. Before we pray, are there any questions or comments or anything anyone would like to share? Yes. Can apples pray against animals? Thought you said apples. I was like, well, can animals pray against you? Yeah, if you treat an animal badly or accidentally badly. I'm inclined to say that technically speaking, they probably cannot. But that doesn't mean that it's a good idea.